Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. On today's episode, Jake is excited about rocks. Chuck agrees. And we are joined by one of the heads of the Shuffle Squad. How are we doing today, Chuck? How are we doing? Doing good, doing good. I am fully excited about those rocks. Uh, yeah, I, I I am so excited about them. I know some people, I, I post a few uh, tweets on Twitter, um, just showing my love towards Soul Rock and, 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 and uh, friends here. And people are giving me hate saying it's not that good and it's easily counterable which there are some counters um but the deck is so good it's so fun it's fast it hits hits hard it's one prizer uh i can't say much more (laughs) uh i agree i i am as as you alluded i agree with you i'm not gonna argue i'm not gonna add on but uh uh, there's a, a lot to talk about on that which we can go on to later maybe yes i'm sure we're gonna talk about the rocks in a little bit later um but before we do that you know we have all the normal stakes but uh how was your week anything uh anything of note come up this week um no uh i played well i got back to playing at uh my locals in toledo again for the second time uh and i took second place for the second time there we go you're mr (laughs) two you're number two uh i'm i'm mr two there Hey, I um, came in second place this week too. <laughs> I went, I went undefeated, uh, with, with a tie. So three oh it was mm. or four oh and one. I can't remember if we played four or five rounds, but uh, all wins, one tie. Uh, have ended up having the same record as the other guy in first place. Uh, but better strength schedule takes it. So. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I went uh, 3-1, and my only loss was to the Mirror. I was playing Soul Rock. Um, the one thing I will say about Soul Rock is that Mirror Match is complete hot garbage. It's literally who wins the coin flip at the beginning of the game, and <laughs> that person wins. <laughs> and that's basically what happened to me uh, against all the other meta decks. Um, still pretty good against uh, – it has options for sure. Yeah, uh, that is also what I played. Um <laughs> uh, off the and I did not. I uh, was the only one there playing it, and uh, I widened a lot of people's eyes. Uh, You're not going to catch them off uh, um, by surprise so. anymore, friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not gonna. I'm not gonna play it again if I go this week. Right, right. So, um, but I guess that's enough about us. We are joined by a guest, as I said, one of the heads of the shuffle shuffle squad. And I'm, I know I said I wasn't going to mess this up, but I think I'm going still uh, going to still as a PJ Watuski. So close. Oh, so close. Oh, correct me, please. Just with too sick. We got it. Too sick. No, there's no ski. I, I know that. <laughs> and I just panicked. <laughs> oh, you're fine. You're fine. It's, it's totally fine. Uh, it, it happens way more often than you'd think. Um, Sorry to all my Polish friends out there, but yet my name is so Polish. The end is backwards. Uh, That's what I like to say to everybody. Um, But yeah, no, as far as uh, being on the the podcast here, I'm, I'm excited to be here guys. Yeah, no, welcome. We uh, uh, been meaning to have you on. We've had a couple other uh, shuffle squad members um, and I was actually lucky enough at uh, NAIC to get to play against you in a side event. And we got to chat a little bit. Um, and definitely tried to lock that down. So um, it was, you know, it's about time to have you on here. 
the the skies parted and, and fate had us <laughs> right. had us meet here. So yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, my name's PJ. I am one of the now three heads of the Shuffle Squad. Um, now we became a three-headed dragon, but uh, one of the two original founders of Team Shuffle Squad, the Shuffle Squad, all of the above that has to do with the Shuffle Squad. Right. Right. So we're going to talk lots about the Shuffle Squad after, you know, the segments of getting to know you and our, our mm-hmm. normal uh, beginning of podcast jazz. But, um, you know, aside from the Shuffle Squad, um, tell us a little bit about you and your Pokemon journey thus far. OK, well, uh, going back uh, when Pokemon just started, in, you know, in base set, I used to watch the anime. I play red and blue on my Game Boy. Uh, like all the other kids of that era kind of did, you know, uh, just growing up with it. But I, I really love the game, uh, something my family would play together. So uh, I got really into it and I wasn't a competitive kid. Uh, I didn't play a lot of sports and, and so on and so forth. But I really got into the game to the point where I became competitive mm-hmm. and I started playing and, you know, we'd go to malls because that's where you'd play. You go to Toys R Us and you'd play <laughs> there. Um, but, you know, I'd started winning money. And as a kid, when you're starting to win money playing a game, you're like, whoa, this is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I did that. And uh, eventually I went to a tournament and there was uh, a girl that came there with her dad. She had to be like maybe eight years old. And uh, I, I beat her in like two turns and she started crying and I'm like, man, I should probably, I think it's time to hang it up here and try other things. <laughs> and then oh, uh, I, I, uh, I kind of set Pokemon aside for a little while, but I always, it was always there. Um, but I did other things. I, I was pro amateur at skateboarding. Uh, so I did that for a while. And then I went to college and I wanted to be a musician and I started touring as a musician. So like ev- everything I do in life, I-, I try to do at the highest extent. Right. Um, after people didn't want to get signed to a label, I was like, okay, well, I really like the studio atmosphere. And I became a sound engineer. I had a studio in my house um, while also having a career. And then studio turned into a nursery uh, <laughs> and I had kids. And then eventually, you know, one of my kids found my old cards in the attic and they said, dad, what, what are these? And I go, well, let me tell you, uh, <laughs> I used to play these cards all the time as a kid. And I go, you want to learn how to play? I'm like, I wonder if anyone plays Pokemon cards anymore and come to find out they did. They've been playing for years. And I'm like, well, I should get back into it now. And then, you know, so on and so forth. And here we are at the shuffle squad. So, uh, it's been quite the journey since picking it back up. I'll tell you that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Having, uh, you know, kids, uh, I have a kid around the same age and uh, he's not quite playing yet, uh, but he's getting close. So we did do the battle Academy. And so we're getting him mm-hmm. close to being able to go into like the, the juniors division here. Uh, and hopefully the goal for, at least for me is to have him um, come with me to these, um, you know, these regionals and internets uh, and then play in the, you know, in the, the, the lower ranks and maybe even play against your daughter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the dream, though. Like when you get to a certain age and you have kids, you you just want to like follow through with them on something that they love, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's really what Pokemon's all about. It's you know the love of the game, the love of you know sharing that experience with people, and then who who better to share it with than your own family, right? Oh, for sure. I couldn't agree more. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a beautiful. Uh, journey, uh, you know, Pokemon journey thus far. Um, but Chuck, we do have a few of our standard questions. 
um, you know, to, to stray away from the story and to get to get to know you a little bit better. Um, so, Chuck, do you want to start us off here? Yeah, I can I can start with these questions because I can't uh, me being the one non dad on the podcast can really <laughs> add to the story at the moment. So uh, our first question, which I'm sure we will we, we'll get some good explanations, be that you've gone you go back real far in Pokemon. But <laughs> what is your favorite Pokemon in general? My favorite Pokemon. I actually have one here, but I have a whole uh, sealed and, and single collection, but I have Dragonite. Dragonite's probably one of my all time favorite Pokemon ever. Um, but I know a lot of people are like Dragonite stands. I love like Haunter too. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people are on Gengar. I loved Haunter, uh, which mm-hmm. made me like kind of stand out a little bit, but those are like some of my top two. And obviously first gen, you know, favorite I do. I am a fan of Greninja too. Um, just awesome. because it's cool. Greninja is awesome. I, I mean, um, all I those, did. all those were awesome answers. Yeah, I like yeah. all of them. It, that's, you know, no other game necessarily has that, <laughs> right? Nobody, nobody else has the Pokemon factor where you get mm-hmm. the cool, you know, different uh, Pokemon that you can say, oh, this one's my favorite and I'll collect all this stuff about them and, and go from there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you were so close when you said dragon. <laughs> you yeah, just, yeah. You're supposed to you say know, Pult. Listen, <laughs> TPCI's got that dragon playmat and I I'm, I almost pressed the, the button on it and right. I, I could kick myself for it. But yeah, no. It, yeah. I, I mean, I love those Pokemon and I've I've been collecting for years and I've got a box that, that sits over here of all like base, like Wizards of the Coast stuff mm-hmm. that is marked kids college fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's awesome what better way uh, to pay for them uh, other than cards that you got you know 20 yep. plus years ago <laughs> right all right so going into cards that you got maybe 20 plus years ago sure um sure. this might be this is probably the hardest question for most people um, okay especially for people in the game as long as you but what is your one single singular most favorite card ever been printed for any reason ever printed mm. i i want to say beat the girl in it, two times it, it, <laughs> it is actually one of the cards and i have a set behind me here i know that people listening to the podcast can't see it but the uh rocket zapdos mm-hmm. is one of my all-time favorite cards because that deck was the first deck that I'm like, wow, I can have a ton of fun and make people super angry <laughs> while I'm playing against them. <laughs> and I, I have like, I have like the first edition one. I have the regular one. I have the new celebrations one. There's mm-hmm. a reason they reprinted it in celebrations, right? Yeah, it was a yeah. great card. It was like a meta defining card. Uh, but that's probably like my all time favorite card ever. That's a pretty okay. solid answer. Ooh. Was that like the original yeah. card that frustrated people? Oh, I mean, it was one of, uh, I think back in the day, there was like Metal Chansey that was like a super heal deck. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, you could also heal, but it, it would just do crazy amount of damage and nobody could hit through it. So it was just, it was really annoying, uh, but also very aggressive. So mm-hmm. both of those to get, that's like my play style in a nutshell. Right. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um... Dovetailing off of that, now sure. we we've we've top we've we've hit the favorite card ever. Mm-hmm. What is going in the opposite direction? What is your most disliked, hated, would want to rip it up every time you see it? Maybe I don't know card that they've ever printed for any reason. Hmm. 
since um, ever. I mean, I know a lot of people that have been playing the game, you know, recently or a little bit before the pandemic really hated on ADP. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, we got that answer once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't hate ADP. I was actually an ADP uh, lover, <laughs> if you could say that. Um, but I, I tried to bling out uh, ADP before going to Canada's regionals right before the pandemic hit. Um, but I want to say um, this is hard because I do love those annoying decks. So like seeing them, I like applaud the other person right. for playing that type of deck. Uh, but I'd say probably like Dollstall. You guys remember Dollstall? Yes. Mm-hmm. That one, that one is just like so grindy. Like I'm okay with mill. I'm okay with like a regular stall, but like Dollstall is just so long. Now, are we talking like the the uh, Zamazenta, um, uh, Lucario Melmetal with uh, with Dolls stalling, and then this is like the Florgis uh, Florgis Dollstall. Uh, was it was there a gust in that uh, format? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You still had, um, I think, Guzma at the beginning of mm. it. And then um, you had the uh, Pokemon catchers there. Pokemon um, catchers, so unreliable. <laughs> <laughs> it was a flippy deck. That's what yeah, made it worse. I guess is so. that you had all the flips and all the, the dolls and, and you get to recycle. It's just, it was uh, it was something else. We'll put it that way. For sure. All right, so yeah, I, I remember that deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I play against it a couple times, but uh, nothing too crazy. Uh, so I don't have a, a pure hate for hatred for gotcha. it. Um, all right, so going into the last standard four question, um, your best memory in the Pokemon TCG um, that you've had to date? To date, um, I mean, realistically, NAIC was probably the peak for me, just because it was the first time that we had all traveled together as a team to such Mm -hmm. a large event. And it was like, I think there was maybe two people on the entirety of the shuffle squad as it stands now that didn't go with us. So it was just so awesome. You know, we all had a big Airbnb. It was just like, it was almost like going back on tour as a musician, right? You get to travel with all your friends. You get to do all do what you want to do. And it's it's this huge thing. Right. So I, I would say that right now, currently, maybe traveling to NAIC is probably the peak of of where we're at. For oh, I would I would have to piggyback off your answer and say the same mm-hmm. thing, because uh, we basically yeah. did the same thing with the Pittsburgh group, uh, right. you know, just shovel, shoved a bus, bunch of us into a hotel room mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, just at the venue and then, you know, just going over there. I would say, right. though, um, Hopefully you didn't have any loud snores in your group like I had <laughs> down here. Always, uh, uh, over always here. me I, under the bus. Well, yeah, dude. I, I, fear, I keep, I, I got to harp on you until you go, go get sleep studies, man. Like I, uh, I your life there. Oh, I mean the the other manager. I I tell him all the time. I go, listen, man, you you got some apnea. You got to take care of. Right. Um. But that's that's just like the dad in me. You know what I mean? That's exactly <laughs> just, what it is. I mean, I can't just straight up be serious about it. I have to be kind uh, of you know giving him a little bit of grief. But it's coming but, from a place of love. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I I mean that's that's where it always is. And and the thing about me, especially like going from from touring. You know, I slept in a van. I can literally sleep anywhere. But if you know anything about me or anybody that knows me knows that I don't sleep like I sleep maybe three four hours max a night 
Oh, geez. And I, I tried, I tried to go to sleep, but when I fall asleep, we had one of our friends that stayed with us with all of the shuffle squad and they were in our room talking to me. And at one point I just closed my eyes and I was gone. They were still talking <laughs> and I was just, that's it. There when I'm go. sleeping, I'm asleep. Right. <laughs> There's nothing, nothing that can wake me up. Right. I'm, I'm very much the same. Yeah, I can I can hit that I hit that wall especially during oh, yeah. events like that where you just like you're out because oh yeah uh, oh, that's so definitely on NAIC it, we were we were definitely not, all still in the room and I think me and Jake were like <laughs> the know. old guys that just <laughs> passed out really speaking well, of old thing, yeah sorry go oh, ahead, I was right? gonna say I I was gonna say that's the thing is like I I yell at my my players I go you got to get sleep it's a big event you got to go to sleep make sure you get enough rest. And then here I am, you know, staying up all night. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, no, that, that's beautiful though. Um, all right. Well, that, I mean, I, I loved all your answers um, to the, mm-hmm. to our basic four. Um, but with that being said, we can jump into our fun um, trivia slash uh, random card madness. Uh, so okay. Chuck, you want to start with some random card madness uh, this episode? Yeah, uh, we can do random card madness uh, first. So, uh, just for PJ, so in case you're unaware, as we do, um, I've been doing the Pokemon Go set. So I randomly generate a number uh, between 0 or 1 and 78, the number of cards in the set. And then we will, whatever number we get, we talk about the card, uh, no matter which one it is. Um, mm-hmm. It's Pokemon. We usually talk about the whole line, mm-hmm. uh, whichever one we get. Um, sure. So today... Um, <laughs> Uh, I randomly generated uh, card number 39, which okay. if you look in your fancy-dancy card set list uh, in, that, that comes with your Go set, is Soul Rock. Uh, oh, he's oh, bringing so up the rocks random. already. That's so <laughs> random, isn't it? <laughs> Randomly generated. Sometimes yeah. random card madness giveth. Sometimes yeah. it just taketh away some time <laughs> when sure. we talk about, like, Pikachu in this set. Yes. So... Um, Soul Rock, for anyone unawares, uh, is a basic Pokemon 90 uh, fighting type, 90 HP, uh, has a spinning attack uh, for fighting colorless, does 50 damage. That's not why you play this card. Mm-hmm. It has an ability called Sun Energy. Once during your turn, you may attach a Psychic Energy card from your discard pile to one of your Lunatone. Um, that's any one of your Lunatone. Right. Uh, so that is the card. Um, I can bring up Lunatone if we want. Since yeah, let's just let of, the users ju- or you know, the listeners know, just in case they don't know what uh, what Lunatone does. Just in case you don't know what Lunatone does, uh, I'm going to forget everything else on the card, but it comes in the ghost set as well. You get an attack on Lunatone for three colorless called Moon Kinesis. It does 30 plus... Uh, this attack does 30 more damage for each psychic energy attached to this Pokemon. So that's 30 plus another 30 for each psychic energy attached. Right. Um, so that's what we're working with. So uh, Soul Rock, uh, I'll let you guys go first. No, so we gotta <laughs> we gotta let our guests, PJ. We need to sure. hear your your thoughts on on Soul Rock slash. Lunatic. So I think that it is definitely a good deck. Um, so I'm, I'm not gonna, not gonna necessarily make anybody mad here, but I do think it's a good deck. Do I think it is a top level competitive deck? Probably not. 
Uh, I think that maybe if we get a more finite list, then yes. Um, I mean, do I think that it can make it through to a day two? Absolutely, I do. Uh, especially pending the pilot that's behind the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Soul Rock as a card is pretty cool. I mean, you definitely, you know, it's one of those niche cards that you have to pair it with a specific Pokemon to make it work, right? Right. right. Um, but I mean, there's been plenty of cool decks like that in the past that you have to have that same mechanic, you know, both of the cards in the deck, four of both of them to make the deck function. Um, and I mean, it's level ball searchable. We're not losing level ball for a while. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, you don't have to evolve anybody. So now there's Lex or uh, more deck space. So I think Solarock is good. Do I think it's easily, easily counterable if people know that other people are bringing that? Absolutely. I do. Right. Right. Um, I agree with that. And, you know, that's what, that's what we, <laughs> the shuffle squad do. We test these things We're like, okay, well, uh, if we put this card and this card in the deck, does it win? Nope. Sure. Doesn't. Right. Uh, but I mean, I think that that's, that's the big kicker is that, you know, just like look at Decidueye for people that are playing or Altaria, uh, the Galarian Obstagoon, you go back a couple sets and, you know, you've got Malamar, you've got uh, Pidgeotto Control, you know, there's a couple of cards, you just put them in and straight counters that deck. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if it's heavily played, which if you play on PTCGO, you go on the ladder. It's like every other deck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's also because it's cheap. So mm-hmm. it has that that budget factor to it. But I think that, yeah, I mean, the deck is is good. Lunatone, Soul Rock is is a good deck. It's right. just, uh, it's it's scary to go into a blind meta. We'll, we'll leave it at right, that. Right, right. So... I love these cards for a bunch of different reasons. I think it mm-hmm. might be a little bit better than you're selling it as. Um, okay. You know, I still respect your opinion. <laughs> Obviously, there are counters, especially if it's a known meta yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, we've been harping on like Mew v Max, you know, and Mew, mm-hmm. there's always that deck, no matter where it is, like in the rankings in the meta, it's, it's always yeah. universally the best deck going second, going mm-hmm. to, or your first turn for your first turn going second yeah i think lunatone is just actually better than Mew, um mm-hmm. in a sense because you can yeah. you can kind of charge it up easier uh um, right and, and also if you fail it's not as much of a de- detriment uh obviously yeah. it can take big okos uh yeah play that two shot game really well um mm-hmm. like you said level wall searchable um but it is susceptible um, to like your ninja. Um, I know mm-hmm. there are the Manaphy's out there, uh, but a lot of times you still don't want to be playing Manaphy. Uh, and then also right. healing cards, especially like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, Inteleon, uh, Arceus Inteleon with the, the Sharon's Care, um, or even, <laughs> I don't want to say this, but uh, Jolteon it might mm-hmm. bring him back if it's super in the meta. Um, but, but the deck feels super good. It's fun. Yeah. It's cheap. And especially if you're trying to grind the meta or grind mm-hmm. the ladder and get there, that, that is perfect right now. Uh, yeah. It is a quick deck. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that it needs like one more piece for me to be like a thousand percent sold on it. Right. Um, if they get like, I think there's that new Clefairy, right? That's coming out that mm-hmm. accelerates energy. I think that, that would be really good 
with it or if you get like another like single prizer that can just like swing into the meta whatever the meta is right and you just like put it down like uh Nagan Adele uh used to do that for checkmate or or Blacephalon used to take the extra prize at the end of the game mm-hmm. um i think if somebody figures it out and I, I almost would even say try an energy switch slow bro like at the end of the game that would really sell it for me if somebody could pull that off really easily mm-hmm. that would do it i was also so. thinking like Raihan. Um, cause yeah. uh, it, it does accelerate another energy out of there. Um, yep. so, you know, that might be an option as well, but Chuck, yeah. we, uh, we, we've both kind of given it a little bit of love and, you know, harsh criticisms, I guess. Um, how do you feel about the deck and, and where does it fall uh, on your, your ranking there? Uh, I'm, I think it has potential to be a really good single price deck in the meta. Um, I don't think, um, kind of like what pj said i don't think it's ever going to reach the stars like star studded thing of like mm-hmm. uv max mm-hmm. where it's going to be this is tier one but i think you might see soul rock and lunatone just by themselves as a very well received single prize deck it that is. does well in the meta that can get you a day two and if you get hot in the right rounds might get you pretty far um because uh, I'm going to take a step back from running Soul Rock and Lunatone as a deck. I think they're a good combo of cards as well to make other things work. Um, I think it works. It makes Mewtwo work a little bit better. Uh, mm-hmm. Just being able to accelerate energies, uh, depending on um, things that you want to play with, uh, putting psychic energies on a Pokemon on your bench can work for certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we're out of the days of where Alcremi is like anything good, but I mean, this is, you could juice Alcremi. Like this is another thing yeah. you could just discard to get 60 energy from, but yeah. um, it's just, I like the combo. I think there are decent cards that you should keep around in, in the vein of our, our random card madness. Mm-hmm. Um, I would keep a play set of. Yeah, for sure. Keep a play set. I mean, eventually mm-hmm. a lot of these cards will become uh bulk because you're going to get so many of them, especially if you open a lot of, uh, um pokemon go set but yeah i think that was a good a good card and a good well, discussion oh well, there we go well, 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 one, i want to go Couple back into the deck. real quick real real quick i just i yep. think i think my only like kind of thing with people like kind of hand waving it that it's not like it's not good it's easily counterable is i do agree that you can easily counter this i mean it, it runs on an ability that if you turn off you basically counter the deck it doesn't work um but I think it's just kind of like it also can just get out to a hot start where you just don't have options to counter it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are just it's countering you. Uh, like everyone said, I've heard multiple people say, just play flying Pikachu, then it can't hit you. But you just, of course, <laughs> you just KO whatever the Pikachu or the Arceus and they never get it. If you never get flying Pikachu charged up and going, you never get to counter the deck. Right. That's mm-hmm. its biggest selling point is the fact that mm-hmm. it can go so fast that you may not be able to counter it. That now, is exactly right. right. Um, that requires a little bit of luck and why it won't ever probably see the light of like top tier play mm-hmm. because I played it on Friday and I set up a soul rock and then I passed and <laughs> then I had to pass again. 
So mm-hmm. the game was over. Like it's mm-hmm. you can happen. Things yep. like that can happen. We like to the call that things- in the business uh, Malamar hands, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Are we, I mean, so, any deck though is susceptible yeah. to those Malamar hands. Uh, so yep. I mean, it's just a matter of how often it happens, right? But I mean, I think it's it's at least a viable deck to bring on the ladder, bring to locals, and potentially mm-hmm. make day two. Plus, oh, it's yeah. a ton of fun. It's a ton of fun. So right. there, there is a huge. That's a huge factor. Exactly. All right. I think that was a long enough uh, random card madness. I think Chuck made that unrandom so we can talk about I, it a I little honest, earlier. Gotcha, gotcha. I, Boy Scouts <laughs> honor, which I was never a Boy Scout, but whatever honor you want me to swear on, <laughs> right? I literally randomly generated that number. All right. So uh, <laughs> it was not me just pushing the Lunatone talk. It was for just, sure. Uh, for sure. All right. Well, let's Happy jump days. in to our trivia. It's time, time for trivia. Do you want to start us trivia. off today? Or I won't start, start off because I have another. Um, I have another actual trivia question, and I'm going back to like TV trivia, TV show trivia, anime trivia. <laughs> so um, you'll have probably have have to have well watch this, or I don't know if you can tell this answer by just the games. I can't remember. Spit it out, but. <laughs> My question is, what is the only Pokemon Misty has that is not water type? Oh, I um, oh, it's, it's oh, I know Togepi. this. Yeah. What was the answer? Togepi. To- Togepi, yeah. You are both correct. It is Togepi. Perfect. That Perfect. is the answer. So I guess I, I threw up a softball. But hey, <laughs> I thought it was a funny <laughs> that was like That was like what all of season two was about. She had this egg and it hatched. Right, and it's right. Like... <laughs> I mean, I did watch it. So I was, I thought it might have been something in depth a little bit uh, more. I was like, oh, does she have like a rock type somewhere? But no, no. Um, it was All right. So I've got, uh, I've got one for us today. We're going to play that game, name this Pokemon this ability belongs to. It's going to be standard legal as per the usual. Um, and like I said, it is an ability. And the ability name reads Feel the Way. Feel. The way I don't. Know. For some reason, Man, I just think I'm thinking of Star I'm... Wars. Which doesn't have <laughs> it is very, <laughs> very Star Wars. Ask, feel yes. the way. Ugh. I'm I'm thinking like something that's that's got lots of hands, but I don't know. I'm I'm drawing a blank on this one. It is uh, kind of Star Wars-esque. I, do you want me to give you a hint and uh, read off what the ability does and see if you guys can get it from there? Sure. All right, so feel the way. Once during your turn, you may have your opponent reveal their hand. Oh, I know what it is now. <laughs> yeah. I feel it, like I've read this card, and I'm like, oh, that's not good. It's, <laughs> here's a, here's it's, another hint. It's, it's, it's a bottom it's right. Of, <laughs> it's, it's bottom right of four cards that it goes with <laughs> yes gotcha oh okay it's greninja's uh, it's greninja yes. v union it's his yeah. left leg i guess if he's looking at gotcha. you uh yeah it's feel the way um you can use it every time uh without an energy so uh, again uh v union's not seeing a lot of love outside now i guess of mewtwo thanks to xander but um looking at your opponent's hands always a pretty good thing i think yeah, I mean, it, if it's not just well, the ability is kind of cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, the As rest of ability, the Pokemon is just like meh. 
but yeah, <laughs> I do like that ability. All right. All right. I think that's enough of our fun stuff. Uh, <laughs> we have to take a quick break to uh, get our meta report in from Turtwig and Ryan. So we'll take a quick pause for him and let him in, inform us of the meta. Ladies and gentlemen, trainers and Pokemon alike, you're listening to <laughs> Turtwig Talks The Meta. This is your host, Ryan, otherwise known as RY for Gaming. I am joined by none other than the best starter of all time, Turtwig. This week we have 15 tournaments, 1,179 unique deck plays, and 3,004 matches to cover this week. Now, let's get into those top 8s. Starting off, Arceus Duraludon had 13 top 8s, Arceus had 24 top 8s, and Palkia had 25 top 8s this week. Everything else was pretty much non-contending in the top 8 category. So, without further ado, let's go into those boring meta numbers. All these decks had over a 50% win rate this week, those being... Arceus Inteleon, Palkia Inteleon, Arceus Duraludon, Ice Rider Palkia, and Urshifu Inteleon. Notable changes to Arceus Inteleon, Palkia Inteleon, Lunatone Solrock, and Arceus Duraludon. Arceus Inteleon was up in win percentage by 4.5%, Palkia Inteleon was up in win percentage by 7.3%, Lunatone Solrock was up in play percentage by 3%, and Arceus Duraludon was up in win percentage by 5%. And that's it for the boring meta numbers. I would like to give some appreciation to our local group at Heroes Inc. Comics by shouting out the winner of our Thursday Locals. This week's winner was Steve with the Rocks deck. So, congrats Steve. Let's talk about the decks that won this week. Mew and Dialga both had one win this week. Arceus Duraludon had two wins. Arceus and Palkia Ice Rider both had three wins this week, and Palkia by itself with Inteleon had five wins this week. So, Turkwig worked hard on getting all this data ready just for you. So if you could let us know on Twitter at RY4Gaming your thoughts on this week's report. That does it for this week's Turkwig Talks the Meta. I hope you all enjoyed and had a wonderful time. Until next time, be safe and take care, Pokemon trainers. All right. Thank you for another good meta report, Ryan. Uh, as always, and love listening to those. All right. As per the usual, it is time for the news. So this week's news, uh, uh, more card reveals. Some more and more Lost Abyss. We got some more cool stuff to talk about. Uh, Jake, yes. what's the first card you want to talk about? Okay, so there's... You have the list this time. So there are you know, a hundred plus cards now that have been revealed. Um, and we can spend the rest of this episode talking about all of those cards, but I just kind of want to go over the highlights or a couple of the big ones and then kind of move on. Um, cause we do have a guess and we do want to talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, PJ and the shuffle squad. Uh, mm -hmm. so I, the first one, if I can find it here, um, I did want to talk about where are you at? It was Aerodactyl. Why can't I find you? My friend. The V-Star? The V-Star. I, I have it up. I can read it. Go for it. Yep, yeah, I'm scrolling so, still. <laughs> all right. So Aerodactyl V-Star is uh, obviously a V-Star fighting Pokemon 260 HP. Um, uh, has a, a first attack fighting Colorless Colorless. Lost dive 240 damage. You put the top three cards of your deck into the Lost Zone. And then uh, it has a V-Star power, which is an attack. For one Colorless, Ancient Star, as this Pokemon is... As this Pokemon is in play, it gains an ability with the effect your opponent's, your opponent's Pokemon V in play, excluding any Aerodactyl V-Star, have no abilities. 
you cannot use more than one V-star power in the game. So I'm guessing the V-star power is why you want to talk about this guy. Yeah, that and it's new. So, I mean, I, PJ, what do you what do you feel about um, Aerodactyl here? I'm I'm a fan of this card, um, except for its HP. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a low HP V star, but I feel like this is going to be a super strong card for some reason because there's already so many tools for fighting that nobody's using, right? Right. There's mm-hmm. that pickaxe. There's Grant. There's you know you still have your your tools like choice belt. Um, two forty is a great number, right? Mm-hmm. You you do two forty, you do a Grant, you do a choice belt, and now you're okoing. And then you can get Grant back, right? Right. Yeah. So, Grant just comes back anytime. You know, yeah. you use him and then he'll come back the next turn. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like Arceus who? Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the shutting off V's abilities, though, you got to think of like Genesect is gone, right? Mm-hmm. At, at this point. Um, I mean, all of the extra support Pokemon, you're going to eventually have a Ranguru. I think Weirdier V is going to get better the more we get into this meta. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that things like um, got the Eldegoss V is going to see more play. Uh, look at getting started with Palkia. Palkia alone, Palkia has the ability that right. makes it work. Right. You know, for one energy, you evolve first. You you go first, you evolve, you put one energy down, now you shut their ability off. You don't mm-hmm. even have to play Path to the Peak. It's just gone. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's huge. Uh, you know, shutting Palkia down, not even just with like the damage uh, modifiers, like you said, that can um, yeah. reach for those uh, knockouts. Um, yeah, I think um, Aerodactyl is, is one of those cards that it, it's always it's probably going to be in the mix of like the top three decks once this comes mm-hmm. out, um, right. and obviously you know it might make grass better um, if we ever get a yeah. good grass card. Sorry, Lilligant, um, mm-hmm. that that might try to shut that down, and we might have a different kind of weakness circle. But I I just the the V star plus the attack um, plus you know just putting cards in the loss zone, which we haven't even talked about the loss zone yet. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this card just screams like it's really really good. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I agree with you. I think it's pretty good. Um, Lilligan does eat this card for days, though, um, <laughs> with the 260 HP and that weakness. But <laughs> what I what what gives me the excite, the most excite of this is the fact that they're that V-Star power and the way they uh, worded it and how they made it come about. It reminds me of those tag team like some people don't like the big basics. I'm glad mm-hmm. it's not on a basic Pokemon that they're doing this, but <laughs> those big basic attacks like uh, Luke Metals or even ADPs where yeah. the energy cost is low, but if you take the, if you waste the turn doing this attack, you gain an ability for the rest of the game. Um, I like that mechanic in that it can do cool things and like they can obviously make different V-Star powers off of different other Pokemon that do other cool mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Hopefully not take an extra prize when you do a knockout but hey <laughs> please um, no yeah like that is cool that cool global effect after using your v-star power right i like right. the uh, the road that goes down yeah i mean it could give a, a whole kickback to fighting pokemon in general because i mean urshifu hasn't seen play in a while so imagine like going into this with a, a double turbo energy and then next turn you're swinging with a G max thrust, and then you you know you're 
rapid flowing the following turn i mean there's so much damage i love spread decks too so i think that if you you're now you're shutting somebody's abilities off and you have other fighting pokemon that are good because i mean urshifu's not going anywhere for a long time even after rotation we still keep urshifu Mm -hmm. right so it's just i think that this has so much potential especially being a two prizer right um Yeah, and that that fighting or the the attack cost isn't much at all either. Um, like right. you said, double colorless plus the pickaxe that you brought up, um, you theoretically mm-hmm. can just have this guy up and running with that from no energy to straight attacking um, oh, yeah. right then and there. So solid Pokemon for sure. I think it's a good one. So Jake, what's the next one you want to talk about? So the next, I mean, we've talked about a lot of these, but um, one that popped out and maybe not nearly as meta relevant, but something to talk about is the Galarian Berserker V. Um, pretty cool looking card. Um, it is a metal type. It is basic, 200 HP. It's weakness to fire, resistance to grass, retreat cost of two. So um, pretty standard stuff there. Um, so it has two attacks, um, which yeah, I mean, the first one's not really great. Um, Feeling fine um, for a colorless energy, draw three cards. Obviously, not what you're going to want to do uh, most times, but it is better than just draw passing. Um, So there is a little bit of utility there. Um, But the one interesting attack, which is still probably not that great, um, but kind of easy to get up uh, and running, especially with Metal Patch right now, um, is that Treasure Rush for Metal Colorless. 20 times damage. This attack does 20 damage for each card in your hand. Um, so if there's a way to get a lot of cards in your hand, you, you know, um, this deck can do some damage. Um, it, you know, there are cards, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the, in the format currently, Marnie, um, Roxanne, uh, was, uh, there's, there's others, um, that I'm drawing a blank on right now, but I know there are at least two or three more, um, that will stop that from happening. Um, but kind of fun, maybe maybe a deck that you might bring to locals and, and catch people off guard. Uh, yeah, I I don't go know. Ahead, PJ. I, I was gonna say, I, I, two hundred HP just seems bad. I agree. I, I mean, I <laughs> I'm not saying it's the greatest, uh, but <laughs> the, the, the attack. I, I guess it intrigued me. Um, doing more damage for all the cards in your hand. I don't remember seeing that in the near, uh, you know, in the near past. Um, so. You know, there might be some kind of, you know, gamesmanship there trying to make your hand larger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I always like cards that solve uh, solve for X. So uh, the the 20 times is cool. Uh, I think the multiplier is just probably not going to be right. big enough for Preserker. Um, if it was 30 like, times, it might be a lot better. 30 times, because then you're talking like 210 with a off of a research like, mm-hmm. and then you get no more like at least you got 210 mm-hmm. off of that um but at 20 times you're really looking at like 10 plus cards and hands to do something mm-hmm. meaningful right so agreed all right so the last one i guess because again again we've talked about a lot of these um but i don't remember seeing gift energy um so it is a colors energy um, um if the pokemon this card uh is attached to is knocked out by your opponent's attack draw cards until you have seven cards in your hand so kind of like a lucky egg but you don't need it as a tool so i mean there are a couple decks that you know mill kind of decks potentially um that might enjoy this uh durant maybe 
Um, what do you guys think of, you know, the, the gift energy and the lucky egg S kind of uh, ability? I, I might go in place of lucky egg for decks that try and use that um, in, in some control tactics, just because then they're going to lose the card. They're going to get seven cards and it's not a tool uh, that they may be able to use something like a, I don't know, depending on what the tactic. Like, right. This is gonna be one of those weird cards that like you never see play until you then, <laughs> and then it's gonna show up in like, uh, like Durant Mill or something, just because you can attach it and then still have the tool slot open for a curse shovel or something like mm. that. That's where you're gonna find use of this because you just you're expecting that seven card draw. So it'd be. In the grand scheme of things, it's nice to have. Um, will it be, be used much? Probably not. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that it's definitely a niche card. Do I think it'll see play? Yeah, I do. I, I think that it's definitely going to see some play, some form of control. Um, I mean, even maybe a Zorak box mm-hmm. uh, down the line too. Um, if you look at the upcoming cards from the set, I think, what is there? The Arcanine too, that doesn't need any energy to attack, mm-hmm. but you need to have a, a hand of zero. So getting knocked out and then drawing a hand of eight again could be good in certain situations, uh, just like a, as a draw supporter slot in a deck like that. Um, that could be cool, but I think it's definitely going to be more of a, a control-esque card, mm-hmm. not like a... I got to play it in every single deck. Like double turbo energy was like, Oh, I got to play that in every single you right. know, deck that I can. Um, it's a niche slot, but I, it definitely will see play in a deck or two. I tend to agree. So um, that was it for the, the, the hundred cards of the loss abyss. Cause I know we've talked about a lot. I don't know. Do, do you guys want to talk about the, um, the zero or Deoxys, or do you want to skip that for later? And we can just get back into the, you know, to the meat the the podcast here I, i'm good to move on i mean i think it is cool mm-hmm. that both of them are getting um v stars and v maxes but mm-hmm. uh both of them seem relatively mundane to me unless yeah. any either of them stick out to you guys <laughs> not I just like the way i like the way zero aura looks mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> the, the one thing i do enjoy though is mm-hmm. that it can go, you have options on both that you can evolve from, you know, their, their base uh, to either a V max or a V star. I do, I do enjoy right. that option. Um, so yeah. it does open up if they do, if they continue with these V maxes, you know, in the next year or so, if they can kind of give you options for evolutions of the same Pokemon. Yeah. I, do I think the that. only one you could do is like Leafeon right now. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Leafeon's a good card too. Uh, I I want somebody to play it, but I think Leafeon could be cool. I keep trying somebody to go back to Worlds. Leafeon. I, I keep trying to go back to Leafeon. Every time I do, uh, I run into a random fire deck or something. It's like, uh, okay, no, I'm done. <laughs> all right, well, up. what's that? I said just chalk it up as a loss. Right. Keep going. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> all right, well, I, I think that's going to do it for the news today. Um, And let's just jump in. Uh, to getting to know PJ a little bit better and getting to know the origin story of uh, the Shuffle Squad. So, you know, you, like you've already kind of said, uh, you, you started up the Shuffle Squad. So kind of go into the origin story of, of the Shuffle Squad and kind of how it has evolved to what it is today. 
Sure, absolutely. So um, with the Shuffle Squad, I was just playing at local league again. I'd gotten back into it, tried to get my daughter to come to the card shop, but I don't know if you guys have been in in any card shops. It's not generally a place for, you know, at the time, a six-year-old girl to go hang out at uh, generally with the audience that, that card shops bring in. And, you know, there's all these other games going on, all these other things. It wasn't just me and her playing Pokemon. So I would go and play because I love the game still. And I would just go sit there and there were like world competitors that would come in and out and, you know, play and come grind cups every so often. And I thought that was cool. And uh, my cousin who was really into the VGC, I call him my cousin, but it's technically my wife's cousin. Um, <laughs> but uh, he was really into music with me. We had done a little bit of the band towards the tail end of my my music career together. And he's like, well, I, I still like Pokemon. I go, well, we should probably uh, play cards together. He didn't have any cards. I built him a deck. I'm like, come play with me. Oh, this is really fun. I'm like, yeah, we should do that. And he goes, well, you know what we should do? We should start a Twitch channel. And I'm like, well, I, I've never done Twitch. I don't know. You know, okay, Boomer, you never done <laughs> <Twitch>. <laughs> like, like you get into Twitch and, and that type of thing. And we thought it was really cool. And we've always been huge on the community of the game and how that element works. And, you know, you can draw so many people in. And that's how I started playing. Uh, so we thought it would be cool to do it online. So we would start creating these tournaments in the online era after Limitless started and you know we did free tournaments we were mm -hmm. the first ones that were doing free tournaments out there so we would uh, create these tournaments where we went out and got the code cards for people and we made them open up the packs and take screenshots and we're like okay you build a deck out of this like you're at your local league doing a pre-release mm -hmm. and just build a deck off of that and like people had so much fun doing them they'd ask us for more and and more and we didn't do the the standard stuff after a while and then uh jonathan uh who's the other part of the the main origin of the shuffle squad goes well you think we should open packs too and i'm like nobody wants to watch people open packs because i was like so out of it and then right. he showed me the numbers on twitch of like pack opening versus competitive tcg and right. i'm like oh wow i'm like I guess we could start opening packs. Like I like opening packs, but sure. So we kind of went down that road and we gained a lot of followers and, and I go to John, I'm like, Hey, listen, I really just like competing in the game. What do you think about competing? And he's a league of legends player. And like, it does all this other stuff that I like, I couldn't fathom in my brain to like splice my life up to do those things at, at this point or at this stage in my life. But he was really into it. So I'm like, okay, sure. He's like, well, let's make it an eSports team. And I'm like, uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so so I put a tweet out on Twitter. I'm like, does anybody want to join a competitive Pokemon team? And I thought like me being technically a nobody in the community at this point, you know, we were just two dudes in a room. Uh, we've got so many people, you know, asking us, how do I sign up for your team? Like I saw the stuff that you guys did on Twitch for your tournaments. Like it, we had like people that the names that would come into my inbox, like I didn't even think these people would ever talk to me, but at the end mm -hmm. of the day, they're just people playing shiny cardboard, you know, exactly. <laughs> but you know, we had these competitors that were like, we're ready to go. We want to sign to a team. What can you offer us? And at first we didn't have much, you know, Jonathan's, uh, uh, wealthy enough 
to not have a low amount of bills and a, a high amount of income where he could fund it. And that's what made us different than a lot of these other older competitive teams mm-hmm. um, that had been around the years prior, right? Um, that they were generally just card shops that would want to sponsor somebody to promote their card shop. And we did that differently. We said, okay, well, we like playing the game. We want to promote other people who also like playing the game and who also like doing other things, Pokemon. And we want to make that better for them, right? We want to take this idea and we want to roll with it. And that's exactly what we did. And then, you know, people kind of just flocked to the idea of, wow, these guys are like doing something different for the community that that is competitive. And we also wanted to shine a light on Pokemon because it was getting so much uh, light in, you know, the, the light of the pandemic, uh, or, or the darkness <laughs> rather we could call it, but the card openings were huge. Absolutely. We couldn't even find cards in the store. Right. So people were like flocking to this idea of Pokemon. What is Pokemon? Can I play? I've never played before. I see everybody talking about it online on the internet and that's, you know, you're not out socializing with other people. You're looking online. So we kind of just hit it. We struck gold, as I say, at the right time. And it grew into such a big thing that we weren't ready for it at first. So we had like, again, not owning a competitive team ever, like, Mm -hmm just building it from nothing, basically nothing. Um, and now we're to the point where, you know, we're, we're doing some insane things with like that. I have an NDA that I can't talk about. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the point we're at. And I'm like, okay, well this, this met my dreams and then some, right. uh, and we're like going to the moon with it. So now we are essentially a competitive team and there are other, and you'll see them after worlds there are other competitive teams that are now out there trying to compete with us too. I mean, um, that's only good for the sport. Like competition yes, is always good. Exactly. So, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, uh, that will bring more eyes to the game of Pokemon and generally I think exactly. that's what everybody wants. And we, th- we thought it was so, uh, excuse my French, but it was so crap that all of these other games would get funded. You look at Fortnite, you look at Super Smash Brothers, you you look at all these big games out there that are mostly generated towards kids, right? And mm-hmm. they get so much funding and they get all this stuff. Um, we, we have gone out and it's an inside joke, but we want to be the NASCAR of Pokemon, right? We want to have all the, the sponsors flock to us. We want to have all of these things come to us because we love the game so much and we want other people to love it too. And that's going to bring more light to just something that you guys do, right? For your Mm -hmm. podcast, you just love Pokemon, right? And you love going to your locals. You love going to your community. How awesome would it be if you showed up at locals one day and there's 50 people standing there just waiting to play Pokemon? Like that's what we want. That's what we created the shuffle squad for is to be that, that light for Pokemon. Right. That's awesome. I love that. Um, And that being said, I mean, you are a team. Um, You started Mm -hmm. to, you know, you said like, you know, lots of people and multiple people were inboxing you. Um, but how mm-hmm. did you go about um, actually selecting the team members that you you ultimately have right now? And kind of what are their roles um, as, yeah. part of the, as part of the Shuffle Squad? Well, I can't get into future roles because that's mm-hmm. also part of the NDA. But right, right. I will but say currently, this. Currently, yes, yeah, yeah, most... cur- currently right now um, that it, it's mostly content creators who are Mm -hmm. also good at the game right Mm -hmm. so right now we have 
people like Zach Lesage, who is a huge name and has been a huge name in the community. Love him or hate him. Huge friends of the podcast. He's been on our huge huge friends of the podcast. So, I mean, Zach has come a long way in his journey, in his journey with us, even, Mm -hmm. you know, that there was a lot of groups out there that didn't necessarily like Zach. And, you know, we had sit down talks with Zach. Zach has grown just from being on the shuffle squad. Uh, Little Dark Fury, Little Dark Fury. We met him at a a tournament that we went to talk to a sponsor about. And Mm -hmm. he was just, he happened to be there and he goes, I love what you're doing. Uh, let's talk some more. And we eventually signed him onto the team. Right. That's like, cool. and that's, that's the thing that we want to do. We'll go, we went to NAIC and people will come up. Oh my God, you're from the, the shuffle squad. And I'm like, yeah, that, you know, we go out to dinner. Right. <laughs> there was somebody at dinner that are like, Oh, you guys are the shuffle squad. And it's just so cool to like have that, that output like and you don't think of it because you're you're a micro celebrity right like mm-hmm. that's that's the the term i use but it, it's just so cool to see that because all we're doing is having fun mm-hmm. right we, and um you know we brought on people like Lindsay. we we brought on people like uh primetime wizard tv who's from the philippines who actually is a caster for pokemon company not international but just the pokemon company uh mm-hmm. for southeast asia so they're part of the team too. Um, Michelle Babin, who's, you know, it's her first competitive season, obviously, you know, lives with Zach, but still like just people like that, where we wanted to give the opportunities out there to these people that wouldn't necessarily have it. We have Logan who is out in the sticks, um, (laughs) great online competitor, but like doesn't necessarily come out to play as many big tournaments, but now we're giving opportunities to people like that. And that's what we love about, the idea of the shuffle squad, right? right? We love giving those opportunities to people who wouldn't necessarily have them or shine light and grow our players and what they want to do. You know, LDF wants to essentially be uh, a content creator, but the biggest content creator for the game, right? right. And we were helping him raise his platform. Right. He's well um, on his journey. Oh, yeah. He just hit uh, 30K subs. So shout out to LDF. Um, <laughs> for hitting that goal for himself right before his birthday. So that's a good birthday present. Right. So, I mean, you have a slew of awesome content creators. So a lot of them Mm -hmm. we've actually had onto the podcast and talked to them Mm -hmm. uh, in the past. Um, So, I mean, we just, we just kind of wrapped up our season um, with, you know, NAIC, um, but with a team of, you know, so many individuals, but so many talented individuals, do you not, do you guys also kind of like um, join up and like, talk as a team competitively behind the scenes to try to help yourself, um, you know, go oh, yeah. like an IAC. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're all on a discord server with each other. So everybody that is in the shuffle squad all talks to each other on that community discord. So we have our discord right now, but behind the scenes, there's a secret discord within that. That's mm-hmm. all us talking to each other. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the nice part is we all have like a group chat with each other that we go through ideas. What deck list do you think you should do this week? And what should we, you know, idea plan for this? And we're all going to this big tournament. What decks are, do we think we should test and test against? So we also are a testing group. So that's, that's the other element. And I think, you know, coming into the next season, we're honing in on that even more. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are adding more players to the team. So you're going to see a lot of bigger names with the shuffle squad, which I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, just moving on from there. So, I mean, Kel Connor been playing the game for forever. 
uh, you know, since he was in diapers here, as I say. <laughs> um, but, you know, Kale Connor's awesome, always on stream. You know, if you look at any of the most recent, um, Kale is like a beautiful mind when it comes to Pokemon, as <laughs> I like to say. So Kale will literally recite to you how you play through a matchup on every single turn. And I've, I'm just sitting there watching him talk this out. No cards in his hand. Right. Like, it, it's just, it's so cool to be around people like that, though. Right. That's, that's you know, I think that's the level that we all strive to get to, uh, is right. just being able to talk matchups with, with any individual matchup and just know yeah. what you need to do. Exactly. And then to say that you're their boss, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're a big boss, man. <laughs> yes. Yes. So uh, it's it's been a wild ride, and I'm so excited to keep doing it, and I'll mm -hmm. do it forever, to I be honest. I can't wait to see where you guys go um, and yeah. in. I wish you guys, you know, all the, the continued success on, um, you know, the social medias, but also as just a team, you know, going to these events um, mm -hmm. and, and competing, just, you know, um, making your name out there just, you know, as a group kind of, oh, no, I'm going to mm -hmm. play somebody from the shuffle squad. Uh, this is going to be a big <laughs> deal kind of a thing. So, yeah. But you do say bigger oh. names than Zach. I'm just kind of thinking in my head, hmm, there's not very many. <laughs> <laughs> there's some big names out there. And there, there, uh, there's uh, there's a lot of people who we would like to have, but unfortunately they are they are tied to other teams. And that's that's what we want though. You know, yeah. the, we can't we can't knock them for doing what they love to do and doing it well. 100%. Uh, so so I mean there there's there's a couple untouched uh potential talents out there that uh that we're getting on and i'm right. very very excited about it so very cool well like i said i can't wait to see you know the direction of the group um, um before we get off the topic of the shuffle squad is there anything you want to add to that that you can add to that without you know without sure. giving any spoilers sure um i mean the shuffle squad is moving into what's called phase two and you will see that in the next oncoming months getting closer to worlds um, phase two is, is basically, uh, a, a, a secret at this point, but phase two is basically the uplifting of the shuffle squad to the next competitive level, uh, and also next content level. So we are expanding our content team even further than it is now. Um, we are, have already started the international expansion. Uh, we will then start the tournament expansion. We have already started that actually mm -hmm. uh, there will be a lot more to come as far as um, what we'll do internally too. So uh, like, like merchandising and, and so on and so forth. Um, and that's the other nice thing about our team opposed to others is we're all for the players that are on the team. We're not here as a management team to make money, right? Mm -hmm. It's all going back into these players. Right. Like we don't see a profit. Um, and that's how we want it, to be honest. We want to give this money to these players um, awesome. and, and all this this product and all the other things. So it, it's, it's really cool to see, again, what it's becoming um, and, and definitely the sky's the limit. So we'll, we'll put it at that. All righty. Um, you did kind of say, well, sorry, Chuck. I was going to ask, um, I, didn't, I don't know if it's, I was just going to ask because we were kind of like wrapping up. Is there... I don't, I know we have some plans that we can't say, mm -hmm. but what is like the shuffle squads, like long-term goal or like big, like, I don't know how to phrase yeah. it. Or, the like, big plan or, yeah. We, we <laughs> want, we want to, we want to bring in 
things and sponsors to Pokemon players that nobody else has. Mm -hmm. And we want to also provide to the community um, an element of playing that nobody else has. Uh, that's that's okay. what we aim to do. We want to create a space for players to come and compete that is above and beyond what's being provided for them currently. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Cool. That last sentence that gave me tingles there. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys are going to do that. That's awesome. But um, like I was going to say, you, you said you're kind of running into phase two going up to Worlds. Um, I mm -hmm. think that's a good transition into talking about the metagame going up to Worlds since, you know, we're, yeah. you know, players like Chuck and I were out of it right now. You know, we were, mm -hmm. uh, didn't have any points before pandemic and, you know, with, with the limited you know exposure we had, unless we you know, made made top eight multiple times we probably weren't mm -hmm. going to make it there um but what what are some decks uh and they're probably going to be obvious answers but going into yeah. worlds what, what are some decks you're looking at that um um you you expect to see in you know the day twos and see some of these top yeah. players play and, and maybe maybe i guess the better question is why do you like some of these decks more than what gotcha. the, the top decks Sure. What's on the shuffle squad's radar? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that there are some annoying decks that I'm very fond of that there's some, some new texts that go into it with the new Pokemon go set mm -hmm. uh, that the shuffle squad's testing. Um, I know that there are a couple people similar like LDF will not touch a control deck. I've tried to get him to play it. it Lindsay won't touch a control deck and I love that style. Right. I really, I really, really do. But there are some players on here getting ready for worlds that are Durant. testing control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Palkia is a solid deck. It right. literally like the most solid deck that you can think of um, even beats the counters. Very similar to how Mew V max was in its prime. Mew V max. I still think is a good deck. I just think it's not as good as it was. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's really weird to say, right? Like that's, that's where we're at though in the meta, because you can get snuffed out by a two prizer and then, you know, you're, you're over by getting two mu V maxes out in the game and that's it. Like, um, it's not like it's just playing one for one, like it was beforehand before these V stars became so good. Right. Um, I mean, even Arceus is still good. I think like the heavy heel Arceus builds are really good. Um, I, I, again, think the, the rocks are going to see some play. Um, we're, it's funny to say, but we're testing it just to test it, but we're testing mad party. Um, I mean, with, <laughs> with the ditto out there, it actually gives it a little bit more legitimacy. Yeah. Well, the ditto and the, the pokey stop, yeah. cause you want to discard. So you're discarding those Pokemon. Right. Um, right. So I mean, there's a lot of viability that, um, you know, I, I keep thinking with the rocks, and I, I know mm -hmm. it's probably bad and I've, I've had some success testing in the last week, but again, only yeah. on ladder, uh, but right. Dragapult uh, being able to hit through mm. Manaphy right now. Um, again, I'm not yeah. saying, it, but it, depending on where that, you know, those, those single prizers right. decks lie and having Manaphy, yes. it might be the best option if you're trying to go for snipe. Exactly. Is it going to be the best? Probably not, uh, but yeah. it's still on the radar right now. Um, mm -hmm. but, but I, I wanted to touch on the, where you kind of talked about three prizers, um, where mm -hmm. Muse just kind of not being, um, favored with that, taking just two knockouts. Do you think, right. um, that basically that Mew 
V Max is kind of the last of the three prizes that will see relevancy in the meta. No, I don't. And here's why, because there are a couple of other three prizes that can one shot a two prizer pretty easily. Uh, one of them being ice rider, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our good friends, Frank Persick has pretty much, uh, gone into full on testing uh, and has pre NAIC for that ice rider build that you saw right. uh, that's out there with Palkia in it. Um, I think the deck is very good also. Um, do I think it's the absolute correct build? No, I think that somebody will break that deck. And I mean, if you look at the Japanese meta, it's the same way too, um, that there is also, you know, a couple other three prizers. Some people have played Rayquaza, and God, I want that deck to work so bad. <laughs> so does Chuck. Me too. It's it's Sorry, just it's not. <laughs> it's just not. The, it's so close. It's just like Zoro Box. I want Zoro Box to work so bad, and we're that's just another, not there yet. That's another it's... one I wanted to talk about with single prizers is the Zoro Box mm-hmm. because um, yeah. there are so many different cards right now that are that, yeah. that are just came out that can see relevancy, mm-hmm. and we've all talked about um, you know the 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 Myena, um, and, uh, and uh, I forget the, 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 the thing that comes out of the tree that has like three different types, uh, for Zora box, but we've, nobody's talked about yeah. the, 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 the radicate, uh, that puts you down to 10, 10 damage and potentially oh, okay. knocked down by poison. Uh, so there's yeah. just so many different options with, with Zora arc. Um, do you think that it will make a little bit of noise now with some of these new Pokemon go sets now once the meta maybe, uh, I don't. I don't think it's it's time yet. I think that we have to wait for the next set to come out for it to really, really be good. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's bad, but I think the, like the the setup element of it, it's just not there yet. Right. Um, you know, you got to be able to chain your attackers. You've got to be able to set up your board turn one almost 90% of the time. It's just, I think Zoro Box is good and I'm not going to give away too many secrets, but I think right. Zoroark is good in some other decks that aren't Zoro box that mm. people haven't thought of yet, but we're testing those too. Right. So yeah, nothing wrong with that. Um, I I'm actually very intrigued. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was I, I was going to go say something else there along those lines with Chuck. Did you have any other meta questions? Uh, no, I mean you touched. We 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 didn't. You touched on the three prizers on their way mm-hmm. out. Um, I had like a kind of like a follow up. So, with the advent of like three prizers, like you said, Ice Rider can one shot those two, two, uh, two prizers. Mm-hmm. So that that's where I think like I was kind of agreeing with you. Like the three prizer kind of is getting phased out. Because unless you have the ability to just take a two two prizer in one go, yeah. the liability of giving up three prizes now is too big. Mm-hmm. So like I tap, a lot I, of yeah. those, a lot of those three prizers that don't one shot things are kind of going to get phased out in that vein. And then, do you think the three prizer is still not? Is it still too risky to rely solely? on just three prize attackers because it's just two knockouts. I don't, I don't think that it's a great idea in this meta to rely on three prizers alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you definitely need either a, a backup attacker or, or two. 
Um, the, there's the Inteleon line, which is, serves as a great backup attacker. We got the new Radiant Charizard, serves as a great backup attacker. You've got the Galarian Moltres, uh, not the V, serves as a great backup attacker. All of these cards, Suicune still. I, mm-hmm. I think Suicune could still be good. Um, I, I think all of these cards, Starmie, um, they're, they're all good attackers in these decks. And you want to be able to play that mixture because you want to give your opponent an awkward prize trade, right? That, right. That's the, the name of the game. You need to force them to take at least three prizes as mm. a, you know, as a three prizer or three knockouts right. uh, to play that seven plus card or seven plus prize game for sure. Right. Because that, right. that would be the one benefit I would see three V Max is essentially having at the moment. Uh, yeah. You have the, liability of giving an extra prize but if you mm-hmm. play it with two prizers backup attackers things that don't give up three prizes you mm-hmm. have that you have to take seven prize game and three of those prizes aren't going to necessarily be easy so right. forgive forgive me if i i'm way off here but is the the new set the lost abyss is that coming out before worlds that can be no it's, so it's, it's just after, after. Okay. yeah yeah after unfortunately but i think that that in worlds would be absolutely insane right right i i I mean i think we covered a lot of what the metagame is going to look like and maybe some reasons um but Mm. before we go i do want to talk about the lost zone Uh, i know we kind of talked a little bit pre-game about that and chuck and i haven't really been um you know part of the game uh during the last time the lost zone was there but how big Mm -hmm. of an impact is this lost zone and the cards that deal with the lost zone going to have on the meta you know afterwards i guess I'll let PJ go first on that. Oh, okay. I, I think that it's going to be one of those niche uh, elements of the game that it'll be very good, but for a specific set of cards, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's It'll only be good for like one or two different decks. You probably get like a decent single prizer out of the Lost Zone, and you'll probably get like one to maybe two really good like two prizers out of this lost zone uh element that they're going to bring back into the game i think the lost zone was really cool when they were doing like two or three sets of it beforehand and in sun and moon but i i I think that going into the sword and shield because you have to think about it like this is that we're rounding out on sword and shield like we probably Mm -hmm. only have like one or two more sets after this that are going to be sword and shield and then they're going to start the new base set for the next Mm -hmm. set uh, so how many cards are we going to get in that card pool that are going to be good? Probably not a whole lot, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think that it's not going to see play because they're obviously creating the element. That's what Pokemon does, right? Like they create this cool thing that they think is cool. They want to reintroduce it. It used to be in the game. Now they want to bring it back in the game. So they're going to make cards that work for it. Right. I mean, it's just stupid to not do it that way. <laughs> right. Like, uh, I, I always say this, Pokemon loves printing money. They, that's what they love to do. And I can't knock them for doing that. But, I mean, that they want to get cards out into the market that have this lost zone effect. Uh, if you look at Aerodactyl, you look at Giratina, there's the tool card that does it. You know, there's all these other little things to make you do this lost zone effect. Um is it going to kill consistency is my big question. Is mm. it going to, you know, all of those resources that you now have to specifically know, never going to use them for the rest of the game. 
you put them in the loss zone, they're gone. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, I was a big, uh, what was it? Lost March player. Uh, I, I, the deck was bad, but I love playing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I mean that, that was cool. If we get another deck that's better than that, that's good in the meta for like a set or two. I think that would be really cool. I think the Giratina could be really, really good. Um, but no, I mean, I think Lost Zone is is cool for sure. And, and it probably will make a good meta hit. Do I think that it's the end all be all? Like if you're not playing Lost Zone cards, you're just not playing the game? No, I don't think so. That's um, good, that's good. There's too many good Pokemon now and that's great. Right. Like we, how long has it been since we've said that? There, right. There's too many good Pokemon decks. You really, uh, but, you can pick a, a, any color and have some kind of viable option. Right, exactly. So I like that. I, I think that Pokemon went on a good route after, you know, the tag team era and then started to to lose its footing. And then with the pandemic, they kind of straightened everything out. And mm-hmm. they're like, okay, let's let's get back to brass tacks and, and get out all of these Pokemon. Because if we're going to try to get people into the game, we've got to make it easily attainable. And again, we got that Pokemon factor. So we want to be able to have people play their favorite type of Pokemon in any aspect of the game. So I think that that's definitely there. I I think the Lost Zone is going to add a nice little like sliver of fun tactics to the to the mm-hmm. game. Um, I think I think Giratina will probably come out and be good, but like Giratina is not really you don't I don't think you play Giratina for the Lost Zone. Like like you're using that mechanic to eventually get a V Star attack off. Mm-hmm. But you're, I mean, I think if you look at Giratina, you just want to do the 280. But, um, and then if you get to that lost zone attack, yay. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I would hope maybe like, uh, after a couple of sets, they might make a cool control S style game where things end up in the lost zone. And, mm-hmm. and if you're playing a, a not so, uh, a heavy count of a type of deck where you might be able to, you know, hurt someone's consistency and throw the game completely off. Um, that would be, I think, probably the biggest shift in my eyes. What may come out of the Lost Zone is that if uh, certain things like um, uh, Aerodactyl or things where it's just randomly putting cards from decks, like your opponent's cards or even your own cards, into the Lost Zone you're going to see deck counts like deck builds be more higher counts of stuff. Single, like mm-hmm. the singleton decks that like, I mean, the shady uh, dealings is bringing out right now. <laughs> yeah. Like shady dealings brings out or, or yep. uh, uh, yeah, Intellion, like, yeah. uh, rapid strike and 58 other cards in, <laughs> in the deck. Uh, like those type of things will probably not go well. If you uh, randomly right. lose the thing you need, Right, uh, and then it's it's not recoverable. So right, uh, that would be, I think, the biggest change, which you probably yeah. won't notice. Right. Yeah. Well, exactly. Lost owning yourself, not so cool. Lost owning your opponent, very cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. See them rage quit right away, just yes, like flip yeah. the table. Well, that's the card I needed. <laughs> when you're playing online and you you've lost zone, and then it it it's goes just, to like for thirty seconds, sense. nothing happens, and then yeah. victory comes up. You're like, oh, I guess I got the card. Right. Yep. <laughs> 
So, I mean, the game is going, you know, in a pretty good direction, like you said, since the tag teams where we were kind of straying away from the three prizers, kind of seeing that two prize slash one prizers, kind of seeing a lot of relevancy. Um, mm-hmm. But we kind of want, I want to piggyback off something we talked about last week, you know, it just kind of finishes off here. Um, but the important, it seems like though, that the game is at an all time high is, is a, it's importance on going first and drawing well. Um, yes. How do you feel about that? And do you think the game needs to maybe improve on making, you know, going first and second almost kind of equal? Yeah, I, I would say that it, it definitely is a go first world. Um, I would think it'd be kind of cool that if we go into what is assumed to be the Scarlet and Violet world, mm-hmm. that maybe we bring back turn one supporters again. Once Marty um, goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Like something like that. Um, maybe even turn one attacks. I don't, I don't know if that would be good for the game or not, but I just feel like there has to be some element where, well, now we're getting back to, like you said, the two prizer, even though they continually print the V maxes. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think that it is true that, you know, maybe after Worlds and we start getting into cups and challenges and things like that, we're going to see more of the single prizes. We're going to see more of the two prizes come into play. And then it is going to be, you know, who gets there faster. Yeah. But at the same time, there's going to be a little bit more of the um, element of surprise, I guess, that mm-hmm. you can attack with that one prizer or you have that swing card in your deck that can bring things back because I, I don't necessarily know what they're going to do with the following set with Lost Zone 2. Um, we might get those cards that Roxanne's a good path to doing something like that, where you're mm-hmm. setting somebody down to two, um, maybe put a good path to the peak, or you already aerodactyled them. So, you know, they can't really do much after that. Um, but I, I think that we'll get there. I really do. I have faith that we will get to a world where the two prizers aren't just like a, oops, you went first. I guess I'm just losing because I'm not getting there faster than you are right. type of type of world. And I really, I really think that the Pokemon company is going to do that more with their card design. I tend to agree, especially this last year. Um, we've seen vast improvement um, from that that tag team era you know going second was the best um you know option because you mm-hmm. just you can go second and attack kill oko and just like win the game like we said with right. uh reshazam or or pikaram or anything like that um so we've definitely become a little bit more healthy of a game and a little bit more drawn out um but it's yeah like we're not mm-hmm. quite there but i think we're well on our way to be, being there yeah, yeah. i mean the, the biggest thing on that front, I think we, we touched on on the last episode, is that I would like to see a little bit more turn run going second setup support. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily want like a, a big basic that can come out and just whack something. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not looking for that turn one, but like the, I think that's why we see the pop popularity in Palkia of Iridia, like Battle VIP Pass. Right. One. Because you just like the helpful if you can just set up so well on your first turn going second, then maybe you can weather the fact that they get to evolve first. Like mm-hmm. that's what I would like to see a little bit more support along more types than just necessarily yeah. water. I, I think I that once once we get rid of like the shady dealings, it's gonna be better because not only can Pelkia just set up on turn one and then start evolving turn two, they can also boss. 
So yeah. now if you mm-hmm. start to set up, like you could just shady dealings boss. And then I see that you're, you're setting up that Pokemon. I'm going to take it out. That's what makes Palkia so good. Right. 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 Like there's so many options and it can get everything it needs, like every single turn. Um, that's, that's why it's better than Mew VMAX too, because Mew VMAX, yes, it's a great deck and it has a bunch of great tools, but if you've played Mew VMAX a lot, you know that you get those hands that there's nothing you can do. <laughs> right. Um, you just sit there and look at them and you draw past and you draw past. And especially if you get passed, I mean, right. But Palkia is just so aggressive that it just doesn't care. And I think that if we get a way around that where it's like you put something in, in play and your Pokemon or your opponent's Pokemon can't play any energies or something like that, or they can't evolve in the next turn, like some weird card like that. Right. I think that that would really, really turn the game on its head. That's yeah, that's uh, definitely something to consider. And I, I, I mean, it would be pretty uh, healthy for the game, I think, just to give lots of different wind conditions and no matter mm-hmm. where you're you know you're starting the game right all right well i think that's going to do it for me on the questions unless chuck you have anything else to uh you know cap this off no i don't i mean we touched me i think we got everything i had to wanted to ask about uh via the suffer squad uh, and, and via the meta, so yeah. I mean, I could talk yeah. Pokemon for hours, but yeah. we do need to keep it to you know a, a reasonable time. But before sure. we let you go, yeah. PJ, uh, you have any shout outs or plugs um, that you yeah. want to give uh, you know to our community here? Yeah, absolutely. So um, if you have not seen the Shuffle Squad's Twitter by now, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but no, go and check it out because we are hosting the biggest, baddest tournament on PTCGO We didn't right even now. talk about that. Okay, time out. <laughs> We've got to talk about that. I'm sorry. All right, all right, all right. Let's, let's plug the tournament. Tournament. Sure, champions. sure. All right, so we at the Shuffle Squad are hosting uh, the first part of Phase 2. Uh, this is the Tournament of Champions. The Tournament of Champions is actually a tournament for just the world's top 128 players based on their championship points rankings uh, to play for free in this tournament in which we are offering a $2,000 plus prize pool, plus meaning there is over $2,000 in prizing for the top eight. So that means if you get first place, you're getting $1,000 cash that we're just sending to you via a global prepaid credit card that you can use for whatever you want. It doesn't have to be Pokemon codes. You could buy cards. You could take your friend out to dinner. You know, you do whatever you want with it. But the thing is you are already set as a free invitation to this tournament. If you've already made it in the top 128. So who wouldn't want to watch a tournament of this size from all the greatest competitors around the world to just compete with each other online. We've got awesome casters on this. Um, we have Lindsay Ross, we have little dark fury they're doing the top cut we have wancho aka primetime wizard tv from the pokemon company southeast asia who is doing swiss alongside ethan Heggie from the mm-hmm. pokemon company who are also going to be casting the swiss rounds so this is a huge event and this is sparking something that we are going to get into uh we've talked a little bit about within the community just kind of whispers here and there of what we're about to do this season so this is just the beginning for what we're about to do we even offer a last chance qualifier the day before so people who aren't in top 128 can actually earn their spot it is 
a $5 pay-in via PayPal to get in here, but then you're able to not only compete with the top names in Pokemon the next day, but you're also in the running to win $1,000 or, or roughly close to that for making Top Cut too. Oh, man. That... That seems like a lot of fun. I can't believe we missed it. I had it in my notes here, you see, <laughs> and I just glossed over it. I can't believe that. No, I'm excited to watch it and, you know, potentially try to do that, that, you know, that last chance qualifier. That sounds pretty fun too. Yeah. I yeah. mean, five bucks is a pack of Pokemon cards and you, now you just put that on, you know, you play in pajamas and this is world's format too. So mm -hmm. you basically watch worlds at home. You know, you got worlds, mom, I want to go see worlds. Well, you got worlds at home. Right. Um, and that's basically what we're doing here uh, because all these people are going to come out and you know, a thousand bucks is a thousand bucks. You sit in your pajamas. You don't have to go on a plane ride anywhere. Right. You just uh, sit at home and do your thing. And that's really you know, we're trying to make it more attainable for people to do what they love to do in Pokemon. And this is, again, the first step in getting there. And you will see many, many more things like this coming out of us for the next season. Um, but we wanted to start it off a tournament of champions just to really bust it out of the gates. Oh, yeah. I can't I, I can't wait to see, you know, what's coming up in the in the future for you guys. But, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this for sure. Um, but sorry for interrupting you. Um, go on with the rest of your plugs. I promise I won't interrupt you. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Um, I definitely want to shout out to the team. Uh, shout out to the management squad. Uh, John and Hassan are, are my other two uh, owners, managers of the team. Uh, shout out to everybody on it. Zach, Michelle, Lindsay, Little Dark Fury, Wancho, Kel Connor, Gabe Shumway. We've got everybody under the sun here on the shuffle squad you can check them all out if you go on our twitter check out our twitter page uh check out our discord check out our youtube channel um we are really gaining on the the sub count there so if you like what we do uh make sure you're checking that out too um and then we will uh we will be doing bigger and better things for you there as well if you love pokemon so definitely check us out on the shuffle squad yeah, and be sure to check all of the show notes in this episode because we'll have links to most of those things listed in there for you. So you can just click on it and check it all out. Definitely. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it. Um, thanks, Chuck, as always. And PJ, thank you for coming on and talking Pokemon with us. I had a blast. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for us. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, if as always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Panucks1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy and Ryan at ry for gaming You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at Pit Pokepod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you all next time. See you later.